Hello Gems, my name is Shelly Benhoff and welcome to another episode of Tiaras and Tech. Today's topic is how to get your first job in tech. I thought I would share some stories about how I got started, but since that was 20 years ago, I thought that I would update the list of resources for you to use. So how I got started in tech, um, or yeah, I was in college studying CS and um, I went to my school's career services office and they had a list of um, jobs and um, internships available. So I just applied to all of them because that's kind of what you do. You have to apply to many things in order to get one thing, one job. So I um, had a job as an intern for a few years um, where I was trained, uh, or I trained myself, let's be honest, um, to do programming related uh, work. So I worked in Microsoft Access. I mentioned that in an earlier episode that I um, ended up creating Microsoft Access applications uh, in order to automate a lot of people's um, manual tasks that followed the exact same pattern and all of that stuff. It was very easy in those days to find things to automate for people. So through that job and through my uh, performance overall, I had references. So this is something that you will definitely need. Um, the way that I had my first internship was that I didn't have any references um, related to tech. You know, I had worked at the grocery store bagging groceries and stuff like that. So I didn't have um, anyone to support me. So I asked a few professors instead. So that's a, you know, very, very solid route to take. But of course, you have to have a relationship and, you know, good grades and performance overall. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I earned references um, through my first internship. And once you have references, it makes it a lot easier to progress. Um, it makes it easier to land jobs. It does not make it easier to land interviews. So the way that I got my first interviews, I, I graduated college in 2002. Um, and at that time, the economy was really bad and all of that. So um, I did not have a job when I left college or graduated. Um, and I was, you know, crushed about that because literally all of my friends had jobs except for me. So I, um, I remember sending out just hundreds of resumes. Oh, and in those days, 
<laughs> I actually had to print them out and mail them, you know, because a lot of the times the um, companies hadn't, you know, upgraded with the times. A lot of places did not have, you know, job postings on a job board. Um, so what I did w was I, um, I looked at every company that was remotely related to the technical skills that I had or I was interested in. And I would apply through that at that time. Most companies did have, um, websites with a career section. So, and I mean, as a, as a person in tech that was very interested in web development, I don't think that it would have been a good fit for me to apply to companies that did not have online applications. But again, at the time there wasn't, um, like a hundred percent, it was, hit or miss. So the other thing I did not have at the time was remote work. That was not a thing yet. So I applied to companies I lived near and maybe even some that I did not and I would have had to relocate all over the place. Um, so yeah, I sent out just again, hundreds of resumes and would have maybe, you know, two or three interviews. But once I landed the interview, I, I had a really good track record of, um, progressing to job offers. Um, I don't exactly know how I did that. I guess it was more my technical, expertise at the time I've I've always been a perfectionist I have always just wanted to excel to the highest level so starting out for me as a newbie developer was really really hard because I got knocked down a couple pegs but you know what that's okay that's good in life to stay um, humble and balanced. So yeah, I um, don't remember where I was going with that, but that's okay. I used um, other than company sites. We did have a few job boards online. In my day, it was Monster, Career Builder, Dice. And when I was really really like not finding any jobs and I was just desperate. I needed money. Craigslist. I do not suggest <laughs> Craigslist. I, oh my gosh, I have to tell this story. I worked for this company I found on, on Craigslist and, um, there were payment problems. I was never paid in full for all of the work I did. So um, the payment problems didn't start until there was a shift in management. There, that's also something when you find a job, if 
there's a large shift in management. It is time for you to look for a new job. Anyway, um, long story short, because this is off topic, but the work I did was um, not great. I wrote a website in ASP Classic. So, you know, the timing of that. But I mean, I needed money really, really bad. I It was um, 2008, actually. So um, if you all know, the uh, economy that year was in shambles. So I, I didn't have a job for 10 months. This job comes along that I found on Craigslist, like the bottom of the barrel, small company um, run by people that all went to Ivy League schools. <laughs> Honestly, I've worked with a couple people that went to <laughs> Yale and Harvard and Princeton and, you know, all of these places that were just terrible at management, which is very interesting. But anyway, they um, paid me on time for a while, but then started to lapse. So I needed the money, but I did not want to do work anymore because I wasn't getting paid for it. So when they put me on a new project, I said, um, you know, I can't start on this project until I'm paid in full. They couriered a check to me that same day. So clearly they had the money, they just were not paying me. Anyway, I um, worked for them a little longer and I was never paid for that. So yeah, be warned. Anyway, how to get your first job. <laughs> so yeah, um, I went to job fairs um, in person because, again, online ones weren't really a thing yet. Um, so just any any tech job fair around or, or even, you know, an hour away, two hours away, whatever, I went. Job fairs are very stressful. You are kind of applying and interviewing for a ton of places all at once, and it's just exhausting to say the same things over and over. But they're a good place to get in. Um, I would say that for me, I found a few jobs that way, but most of my jobs were actually found online, either on job boards or um, through companies' sites. Um, but do, do, do. once you have kind of a path in your career, um, you need to find yourself a good recruiter. These can help you, you know, expand your search. As companies hire recruiters. Um, I've also worked at companies that had a internal um, talent manager, which I I'm not uh, I don't know why why recruiters would like 
allow that. But anyway, um, I've worked with about 1% of all the recruiters who were actually good. I've probably worked with 50 plus recruiters in my career. And most of them were, you know, really salesy. They earn commission on us as people. And they didn't give a shit about me personally. They looked at me as profit. So um, when a recruiter urges you to lower your price, run away, run away. <laughs> you know, it's uh, your asking price and also go into an interview knowing your asking price. You can estimate it using tools like uh, salary.com. Um, I can't think of any other sites off the top of my head, but um, yeah, you need to research your location. I'm actually not sure if that's true anymore. Actually, I would say you need to search the location of the headquarters of the company you are you're interviewing for. For example, I lived in Maryland. I I had multiple jobs with companies who were in California. So obviously, California um, salaries are higher because the cost of living is higher. As a remote employee, I knew this. And so I looked for the higher salary, the California one. And that's the one I got. Had I looked at Maryland salary, I would have earned like twenty to $30,000 less per year. So yeah, you're worth it. You're worth every penny. Um, so know your salary, connect with a recruiter who's not salesy, who is interested and cares about how long you will stay at the job that they place you in. I've also had recruiters when I quit jobs um, before the uh, contract ended, they got mad at me. So, but had they cared about what type of job I wanted, then that would have been different. Um, I, I do also urge you to have a portfolio for devs. Honestly, just a public um, GitHub is enough. That's completely fine. In my day, source control wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I used to have to copy and paste things a whole lot and hope that I was merging in the code correctly. And then when my client overwrote what I did and they wouldn't pay me to fix what they broke. Anyway, so lots of fun in, in my, my early days as a newbie developer. So yeah, when you have a portfolio, I've hired people and um, 
not all of them had one, but there are job, you know, types that you don't, you don't need one for, um, marketing probably, um, QA, you know, stuff like that, but developers, designers, um, again, I can't think of anything else, but, um, it's, it's good to show companies what you're capable of, what you're interested in and how, how dedicated you are to, um, learning skills and improving as a manager. What I love to see is someone that has repos for like so many different things that are not related. For example, um, they could have web stuff. They could have video game development. Um, I, I actually ha have that in, in mind, um, or front end stuff and also back end. But I really, I really, really, you guys don't, um, don't suggest full stack. A lot of people are, I tried it for a while. The front end part of it destroyed me because your libraries, you know, change every two years and you have to learn the cool, shiny new thing. And it's, um, it's a lot and you aren't, um, specialized in anything, you know, the saying jack of all trades, master of none or whatever. I don't think I said that right, but that's okay. Um, yeah. So portfolios, good, uh, user groups or communities. These are a relatively new thing. I certainly did not have this, um, in my time. These communities can connect you with mentors. They can connect you with people who are looking for jobs and reaching out to specific groups. I'll list a few here. Um, 100 days of code. This one is very popular on Twitter. It's a hashtag. I see a lot of people who are starting out collaborating on projects, having portfolios and all of that. I, I follow a lot of these people. I mentor a lot of these people and they are amazing. You'll love it. Uh, some other ones are Girls Who Code, that one's more aimed towards the younger crowd who's still in school, but it's um, still a great organization. I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, there's also Women Who Code. That one isn't, there are many, many organizations for this, but I'm, I'm talking the hashtag mainly. I've met so many women that are amazing and have like awards and are so inspirational through that hashtag. There's also Moms Who Code for those of you who have children and are trying to enter tech or you're just changing your career entirely. I applaud you. Um, I do not have children. And the people 
involved in moms who code really uh, all have a kindred spirit, right? So I can't assist you with that, but I can point you to a person or group who can. There's also women in tech. Um, they have a lot of groups that are local. Um, so pretty much every large city has one with conferences and meetups and Slack channels and stuff like that. Um, the latest one I have supported the most is Black Girls Code. This one, I love everything that they do. And I really champion companies who reach out specifically to them to find talent. Um, I think that it is very important to not exclude specific groups just because they aren't um, more available, right? So targeting specific um, user groups or communities for jobs is something that people do, which is great. Um, there are also Reddit subs. I am very active in Girls Gone Wired. That one is um, very, very good. We all kind of have the same stories. Actually, the overwhelming posts are young girls who are experiencing stuff at work and they're not sure if they should be upset about it. I think a lot of you can probably relate to that and it just makes me so sad because I have been there. I have been that person that, you know, wants to people please and all of that. And it's not, um, not something that you expect after you have a job. But anyway, back to how to get jobs. Uh, yeah. Oh, a really good one is look for communities in the specific technology you are interested in. For example, Docker and Kubernetes both have Slack um, channels. So I'm, I'm in both. Um, and you can connect to people. Sometimes they have like a um, job channel as well. So that's an excellent resource to kind of know who to contact for specific jobs because generally the person posting in there is the hiring manager. So that's um, an excellent way to find jobs. Um, I'm going to put links to all of these in the show notes slash description if you are watching this on YouTube. Um, something else that I did to get jobs a little more recently, I, I've gotten jobs from Twitter. <laughs> so that was amazing. I really couldn't believe it was happening <laughs> at all. So just that um, 
companies generally their um, HR rep will uh, advertise. Yeah. So, um, you know, click the link and apply. And that one is interesting. I would, I don't know if I would do that now, but, um, it, it works. So yeah, I think there are also a lot of job, uh, postings through, um, Facebook as well, but I am not on there anymore. I left. Anyway, that's a story for another day. So I want to go back to qualifications. One of the overwhelming things that women do is that we don't, um, we don't apply for jobs if we don't meet the criteria almost 100%. Men, on the other hand, will apply for jobs when they have maybe 25% to 30 of of the qualifications. Um, as a manager, I can tell you that I never got the unicorn that has 100% of the qualifications I was looking for. You're always going to have to skill up a person teach them either a new technology, um, a new skill set altogether. I had jobs in in web dev um, years ago where I was accustomed to web forms in .NET and um, MVC, man, MVC. I hadn't learned it and... I didn't know how to learn it, and so I learned it real slow in a stupid way. Um, but yeah, the the company that hired me knew this, and I mean, MVC was a really uh, different animal than web forms, and it took me a while to work it out. Um, so yeah, like, don't feel <laughs> discouraged. And a lot of companies, they post these things. I know like the running joke is to is for a job posting to require these ridiculous things that aren't even possible, like requiring more years of experience in a certain technology that has not been out that long. <laughs> you know, you'll actually see that because a lot of the times the people writing these don't know how long that technology has been out. And so they'll ask for, you know, 30 years of C-sharp or something. Anyway, um, yeah, so, and I fully believe that it should not matter if you have a degree. I have one, but I know a lot of people that do not and are amazing at everything they do and learn really quickly. And I have this piece of paper where I learned a whole bunch of technologies that are not relevant anymore. Like I took COBOL for two years and I know that that is still 
relevant, but at the time I was I was learning mainframe while the internet was taking off. So anyway, um, it shouldn't matter if you do not have a degree. If you are in that position, please do have a portfolio at least. Um, and references help as well. Um, but I think that it's important to show what you're working on or have in the past. Okay, so we talked about a whole bunch of stuff here. I'm trying to think of other um, outlets that you can take. So for kind of online sites, online job boards. Um, as I said, I, I used job boards 20 years ago, so I will, I will update you now. I think the most popular one is probably Indeed. I looked around and Dice is still active. Now that one is, or it was, I'm not sure if it still is, that one's tailored to tech specifically where indeed when you do a search, you're going to get advertising for, you know, insurance agents, especially Aflac. Uh, that one is just all over that site. Yeah. Um, I, I have never seen like scams on on either because I believe for both the companies posting um, ads have to pay. So that's where Craigslist is one to stay away from unless you're really desperate, I guess. But what I want to point out is that, you know, I've been in the position where I had like 25 cents in my checking account and rent was due and all of that. Um, and I won't really say that I um, spent money in a bad way. I mean, I do like to shop and I like handbags and stuff like that. So maybe at that time I should have not because it's really important to manage your career. And the number one way to do that is to have savings. And this will allow you the time to look for the job that is right for you. To not have to take the crappy job. Or once, once you do take the crappy job and realize it's crappy, you can quit. You know, um, I, I didn't have that luxury until honestly just recently. <laughs> So, uh, avoid credit card debt, avoid any kind of debt, live below your means. And I know that's really hard when you're making like $10 an hour or whatever. Um, so I, I understand that I was one of those people that didn't have roommates for a while. Um, I regret this because my first uh, apartment on my own was definitely too expensive for me. 
So I should have picked something cheaper, but I was looking for security and, um, you know, safety, personal. Yeah. So um, make sure that you are spending wisely. Don't eat out too much. Um, learn to cook a lot. Uh, there are really good recipes for ramen to help you get started if you're not a regular cook. Um, some other things that I would suggest to reduce your uh, overall spending is spending on things like alcohol, cannabis, um, you know, vices. Uh, not only are they, you know, not great for you, I think alcohol is more not great for you, but uh, they are very expensive. So if you're out a whole lot and and you're spending like $50 a night on alcohol, then try to curb that um, a little bit. And yeah, I just, um, I really, really wish that when I was in my early career that I had had more freedom financially. And a lot of the uh, reason I didn't have financial freedom was once you spiral out of control, it is hard to get back. Um, if your rent is late, if, if your credit cards are late, it impacts, you know, you get hit with fees and your, your credit score is horrible. My credit score at one point was like 520. So it was, it was not good. Um, yeah, it just, you will be able to, do so much more with your career if you have some cushion. Um, you won't have to take the worst job. But at the same time, I would also, um, n I, I don't suggest you take jobs that pay the most. If you are offered two jobs and one pays a little less, you want to look into personalities and overall management style. So one of my first jobs, I picked the highest paying one, you know, and it required relocation. Um, I had to drive to a train station and then take a train for an hour and a half every each way, each way. Um, and the management there, I was, I was harassed to no end. Uh, it was, it was not, it was not okay. Um, and if I had had more of a cushion, I would have quit or looked for another job. I don't know why I stayed at so many jobs that I hated out of, I don't know, loyalty or something because they gave me a chance because I was new. 
Yeah. So when you are interviewing um, at first, definitely um, ask some very poignant questions of the interviewer. Also be very cognizant of the fact if every person you interview with is male, that does not bode well for you in the organization because you will be the only woman. Don't take it upon yourself to to be the only woman. Um, it's not comfortable. I have never had a good experience as the only woman on a team. I've had people, you know, I'm I'm sitting in a meeting and they address us as fellas. And I always want to flip it and address everyone as ladies and see how how they like that. So once you land an interview, I think it's important to just um, ask them what your um, responsibilities are what your tasks will be, what's expected of you, who you'll be working with. Ask them how many women are on that team. Just just point blank. Um, if you are a woman or non-male, I should say, it's generally the same everywhere. I know people that have not had that experience, but that has been my experience my entire career. It was always just uncomfortable. So yeah, I think um, that pretty much wraps it up. I, I know that people who are just starting out in, in tech um, really, really struggle with jobs, especially um, because now, I mean, it's very competitive. When I started, there were fewer of us. So jobs were, I think, easier to come by. But now that, you know, there are millions and millions of us <laughs> in the world, and a lot of companies are global, and can honestly hire people from anywhere in the whole world. Imagine that talent pool that you're competing with all of those people. But you know what? You can do this. You can find a job. You can find your first job. You can find your first job if you have no experience and no schooling. I wouldn't say no schooling, no college um, type thing. You could go for certifications, but I've honestly seen people that have blown my mind. They get tech jobs when they have no experience in tech, are changing careers potentially, and it was mainly personality and interest. I think when we as managers are looking for talent. If somebody comes in and they 
knowingly want to learn a skill you need. Honestly, well, obviously, you as a manager need a person who has that skill. But you can also train skills. And I think that a lot of managers realize this and people who have a, um, you know, tech hobby, coding hobby could definitely turn that into a career. Again, a portfolio helps because I want to see your code. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that about wraps it up. Um, when you are looking for jobs, be confident in your skills. Once you lose confidence and it's really, really hard when you apply to hundreds of jobs and you only get like maybe three or four interviews or maybe even sometimes they contact you um, and the, the interview is canceled or whatever. That's happened too. But just know that you are worth every penny. You can do this. You can get a job in tech. Your first job in tech is probably the most important. I'm sorry, but you need to um, have a professional network. So once you obtain a job, hopefully it's, it's a good job because that is what you deserve. You deserve a good manager. You deserve to learn and to grow and all of that stuff. So make sure that your manager or at least co-workers, um, you are close to them-ish, you trust them and they can write you a reference. They can act as a reference for you to apply to jobs. Most companies, I think, ask for about three, two or three. So try to have um, as many references as you can. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. As always, these episodes are sponsored by Pluralsight. Pluralsight is the premier learning platform for technology skills. With a Pluralsight subscription, you can have access to thousands of courses by industry experts, including myself, covering topics from programming languages to soft skills, including leadership and management. Visit trsintech slash Pluralsight to get started with a free 10-day trial today. If you want to support us, please like, subscribe, and share this episode with your fellow gems. Let me know in the comments what other topics you would like to cover and follow TRs in Tech on Twitter. Thanks for watching and have a great day.